Welcome to the Michigan Out of Doors podcast. Since 1937, MUCC has been committed to conserve, protect, and enhance Michigan's natural resources and outdoor heritage. Now, here's your host, Mike Avery. Welcome to another edition of the Michigan Out of Doors podcast, a presentation of our friends from MUCC Michigan United Conservation Clubs, a group that I really support. I think they're doing a wonderful job, and I am proud to be a member of that organization. You know, we use this Michigan Out of Doors podcast for several for several reasons. Sometimes it's to talk about you know, issues that are at hand. Sometimes it's talk, to talk about programs. And we also like to use it as a way to introduce uh, MUCC personnel and for you to get to know them. This time around, we're talking with a relatively new staffer from MUCC. Her name is Morgan Warda, and she is the new Wildlife Cooperative Coordinator, and she's with us for this edition of the podcast. Morgan, welcome to the podcast, and congratulations on your new position. Thank you, Mike, and thank you for having me today. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, it's absolutely our pleasure. Tell us a little bit about you. Who are you, and what's your background? Absolutely. So uh, I graduated from the University of Michigan Flint in 2016 with a degree in wildlife biology and writing. Uh, My main goal coming out of school was uh, to work somewhere with social engagement between hunters and agriculture. Uh, That has always just been a main interest of mine. Um, During my time in school, though, I actually uh, spent six months working as an intern with the Quality Deer Management Association and their Education and Outreach Department, which is now their Conservation Department, under the guidance of Kip Adams. Um, Also during that time, I completed their Deer Steward courses one and two. And after graduating, I took a second internship with them in the Communications Department working under Lindsay Thomas. So uh, in the dear realm of the world, uh, I've been very grateful and um, fortunate to work with such an amazing group there. Uh, this also introduced me to Anna during my internships. Anna Mitterling was the previous wildlife cooperative coordinator, uh, so well-known and so articulate and amazing at her job. So I'm very lucky to call her a mentor and a friend, and she's been helping me over the past two and a half weeks, so I'm very new to this position. Um, But before accepting this position, I did work for the Genesee Conservation District as both a MEEP technician, which is the Michigan Agriculture Environmental Assurance Program, uh, helping farmers identify and eliminate eliminate or reduce uh, environmental risks on a voluntary basis on their farms. Uh, And after that, I moved on to soil conservation technician with the same group. that position, I learned conservation planning, developing properties, using farm bill programs as resources, which is something that will be very important in this role as wildlife cooperative coordinator as well, uh, as well, along with building and maintaining relationships with agricultural producers. So that is where I came from and who I am. Uh, I'm also a hunter, avid outdoors woman also, so um, personal background as well. Morgan, you have a lot of experience for such a young woman. You've got a lot of a varied background there. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's been a good time already. <laughs> now, I, I, I hear the word agriculture come up a, co- a couple of times. Did you grow up on a farm? I actually grew up on a horse farm, which we still have, and we operate with 36 horses. My mom is a trainer. Uh, we also have hay there as well, but 
I am engaged to a farmer in Genesee County, and I have worked with them and on their farm, running equipment and helping them with most things on the farm for the past six years. So uh, I also have some personal experience there um, with, you know, building those relationships and actually the technical aspect of farming, row crop farming as well. Well, the reason I ask is you talked about you were interested in the the relationship between hunters and agriculture. Tell me more about that. Do you see, is there a rift there? Is there a problem there? Or or, or what what are you thinking? I believe that it is definitely an area that we can continue to improve and build on because as a whole, in many, many areas, uh, in fact, just where I grew up and where I live now, it's it's very segregated as in, you know, chunks of woodland, but then agricultural land. And I think managing wildlife as a whole, the best way to benefit everybody is to work cooperatively, which um, the wildlife cooperatives themselves um, are really working hard to engage farmers and hunters and other landowners together to make management decisions, which is actually the main theme of one of the biggest events that the cooperatives program puts on every year, which is our deer rendezvous, which is taking place August 3rd and 4th. Uh, These programs take place for cooperative leaders and branch leaders. Um, And this year, the theme is hunter agricultural producer relationships. So in many cases, people are both, but either way, uh, each role carries two different perspectives and goals as a land steward, but are always natural resource focused. Uh, Together, the impact on a local landscape level uh, management is greater and more rewarding for both uh, parties. So finding the common ground really helps create a social dynamic of shared solutions instead of conflict. And I think there's always room to improve on that, but uh, addressing the issue kind of head on in, in a positive way is the best way to go. This is the Michigan Out of Doors podcast, the presentation of the folks from MUCC. If you want to learn more about MUCC, check out the website, MUCC.org. That's MUCC.org. Also, MichiganOutofdoors.com. The Facebook page, Facebook.com slash MUCC1937. And on Instagram at MUCC1937. This time around, we're talking with Morgan Warda. She is the new Wildlife Cooperative Coordinator. And Morgan, maybe we should back up a step. We're talking about these cooperatives. What are the co-ops? So a wildlife cooperative is a group of landowners and hunters uh, with common goals working together to improve species, habitat, and health, and an overall better ecosystem by doing so. Uh, This really happens by sharing of information, concerns, and challenges, completing surveys, including trail camera surveys, uh, deer browse surveys to understand the density on the landscape, um, but also crow counts for pheasants uh, during the spring. Um, Cooperatives have the freedom to make it what they want and need, um, and Forming a cooperative is what my position as the Wildlife Cooperative Coordinator exists for um, and helping people form those relationships, learn how to reach out and branch out in communities around them. And there are cooperatives with 100 acres and there are cooperatives that exist with almost 15,000 acres. So, you know, it really depends on, you know, where you're at and who you're working with, but they, they just seem to keep growing and people are really into the social engagement of them in wildlife management. Okay, so your role then is is if you have a group of people out in the community who want to start a cooperative and they don't quite know how to do it, they come to you and you help to make that happen? Is that accurate? 
Yes, absolutely. And and what is involved in that process? What are the steps? Uh, the steps, and usually what we start with is uh, that if there's one landowner that is interested and only one at a time, um, we kind of help them look a little bit around them and what they have going on on their property. But we usually meet with people when they get about three to four landowners in the surrounding area interested. And then I would go meet with them. We would look at maps, talk about what they have, what their goals are, and help them find a place to start, um, even if it's a small short-term goal, uh, before they start talking about long-term goals. Um, and then from there, it, it just builds, and we help them with resources uh, all around the state, whether it's farm bill biologists or you know, working with local DNR biologists and foresters or their um, National Resource Conservation Service with Farm Bill programs, anything like that that we can assist a cooperative leader or potential leaders, uh, that is what this position exists for. So are these cooperatives, are they formal groups? Is, is there a contract signed, or are they more an informal uh, type situation? They're formal in the sense that uh, most people, you know, they create a name, they, they are organized. If they choose to be, you know, we put them on a map for other people to see where there's locations available to either join cooperatives or a place where maybe they, you know, we would like to see a cooperative. But informal in the sense that there, there's no contract signed. Everything uh, just really has to do with, you know, building relationships with your neighbors and having access to all those resources. So it, it's a formal group of people that come together under a name. If they choose, that's not necessary, but uh, there's no anything binding them to any sort of contract. And you talked about uh, goals. From what you've seen so far, what are some of the more common goals? Why do people want to get together and form a cooperative? What are they trying to do? I would say a main goal is to really understand uh, in what capacity wildlife is affecting their property so they can make decisions on how to best manage what they have and where they hunt. Um, that's from the hunter's perspective. So, you know, when, when you study and understand wildlife home ranges for deer, for example, or um, well, I'll start with deer. So with deer, um, you some people might only have 25 acres of woods to hunt and that is totally fine and you can make management decisions that benefit that 25 acres but deer will move out of that area and you have no control on what's on the outside so by sharing that information knowing what's on the landscape will help you make better decisions for your property but also at a landscape level um, as far as maybe how many antlerless deer you do harvest to affect the density every year um, and similarly, for the pheasant side of cooperative uh, habitat loss is the biggest reason we see a decline in pheasants. So people working together and having more habitat on the ground uh, and implementing grasslands or pollinator habitat that will benefit pheasants will just make a greater difference and hopefully bring pheasants into that area. Morgan, you bring up a very interesting point in uh, reference to uh, deer hunting. What we've heard in Michigan for so many years is, well, if I don't shoot that buck, he's going to cross my neighbor's land, and the neighbor's going to shoot that buck, which is what the, the quality deer management people have been. It makes them cringe when they hear statements like that. And if you can bring these different landowners, these different groups of hunters together and say, okay, if they can all agree on what they're going to harvest, that can really make an impact. 
It it really does. And sharing that information and also, you know, some people aren't a big fan of sharing things like trail camera pictures and understanding what bucks are where. Uh, but I think by working collaboratively, I've talked with people already that say, you know, it becomes a group effort, whether you're working on habitat together, or just making those decisions. It's more of an equal opportunity for somebody to shoot a great buck. And I've sat down and had a conversation with somebody who said, like, it was just as exciting for our group to see that one person shoot that buck that we've been watching. And to me, I, that, that does say it all. It, it really takes it back to the essence of hunting and why we do what we do and love what we do. Um, but also, like I said, on a on a broader landscape level, knowing that deer density, you know, away from just the buck harvest, uh, will help people essentially create more of an opportunity for great deer. This is the Michigan Out of Doors podcast. We're talking with Morgan Warda. She is the new wildlife cooperative coordinator. And and Morgan, I hadn't thought much about this issue. I have to be honest. But as I hear you describe it and explain it. It becomes a very exciting concept, not just from the big picture, as you talked about, to be able to look at, you know, deer densities and, 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 and habitat and such, but from small day-to-day situations. For example, if a landowner doesn't have all the equipment to put in a food plot or address the habitat, maybe somebody else in the cooperative does. They can all work together and have much more of an impact on the environment, on the habitat, than they could as individuals. Absolutely. Yes, that is one of the most amazing things about people coming together to form these cooperatives and helping each other out is the difference they can make has such a more broad impact uh, just by having those resources and also knowing what other resources are outside their group as well. Um, I just, you know, good minds that come together have a lot more to offer than one person by themselves and knowing there are resources out there through conservation districts and other things. Um, it really does help. And, you know, working with those ag producers as well, I've also had people talk about, you know, forming friendships with them and they have a lot of the equipment other people don't. So it's, it's a very fair trade. It's an exciting trade and there's lots of good things to come from it. I, I don't want to get too far off topic and please forgive me for even asking this, at least at this point early on in your, your career with MUCC. But when we talk about, deer hunting in southern Michigan, a topic that always comes up now, is CWD. Is there any way that these cooperatives can be used in the fight against that? Can you use these people to uh, help spread the message about you need to get your deer checked or et cetera, something along that line? Absolutely. In fact, that's a very exciting um, potential future for these cooperatives that is already in the works. Uh, You know, there are not just CWD, but TB present in Michigan's deer herds. And cooperatives are already coming together more aggressively in the most positive way, you know, saying that if we share this information at a more local level to impact our deer herds, they're essentially lowering the risk of disease transmission. Um, Eliminating it, probably not a possibility at this point, but when you have people working in groups in these core areas of diseases, um, you have a much greater impact on the situation in those areas. Do you have these co-ops? Are they all across the state or are they uh, uh, centered primarily in, in one geographic area? 
right now there are actually over 100 deer cooperatives, and they are spread throughout the state uh, fairly evenly, even into uh, the Northeast, which is a TV region. Um, so we're going to fo- focus a lot of efforts there and making sure they have the tools necessary to make management decisions. But, yes, they are all across the state. Uh, pheasant cooperatives, there are 12 right now, um, and that falls under the Michigan Pheasant restoration initiative so we have some core areas that uh, we are focusing cooperative efforts because those are areas identified as um, you know very good potential habitat uh, whether it's farm ground or potential grasslands and things like that i would think that somebody could form a cooperative and 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 not work with you guys at mucc however what you bring to the table uh, can help them out in in a lot of different ways i would imagine Absolutely. And that, you know, if someone wants to form a cooperative and needs to reach out, we are always here to help. And it does not have to be formally named or anything like that, but the resources are still available. Um, all of our information for wildlife cooperatives are at muccorg slash cooperatives. Um, and we actually have a list of other resources as well, like I said, conservation districts and things like that and potential contacts that they may need. And again, are there any minimum standards as to the number of people involved or the size of the property? There, There is not. Usually if we are going to come out and meet with a group of people, we like to see at least three to four landowners uh, at least potentially interested to sit down and have a meeting. Uh, I'm more than willing to come and do that. But it can be two people working together to start, and hopefully you know, more people are interested when they see the kind of work that they put in. Okay, somebody hearing this podcast, they say, this is something I'd like to do. How do they go about it? Uh, how do they go about it? How do they start the process? The first step would be emailing me. Uh, my email is mwarda, it's W-A-R-D-A at M-U-C-C dot org. Um, I would say that's the first step. I'm always there and ready to help and offer whatever advice we can. M Warda at MUCC.org. And you say uh, the best place on the website is MUCC.org slash cooperatives, correct? Cooperatives, correct. Cooperative singular. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, Morgan, I've uh, really enjoyed this conversation. When I hear the excitement in your voice, I think you're going to bring some great things to MUCC and to the Wildlife Cooperative uh, uh, Program in general. Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Uh, Sure. Just one quick thing. Uh, We actually have, it will be my first official event with MUCC uh, in the Cooperatives Program. This weekend on Saturday, June 2nd, is our pheasant rendezvous. So very similar to the deer rendezvous. Uh, it will be for pheasant chapter leaders and cooperatives. Um, the 2018 location is a great example of habitat implemented with program assistance uh, with a variety of grasslands planted, full fields and filter strips. Uh, lots of topics ranging from suppressing undesirable vegetative species and management planning, trapping and habitat assessments. Uh, lots of great speakers, including the DNR, university researchers and farm bill biologists and myself. Um, so that's exciting. That will be the first official event to kick off uh, my time here, and we're looking forward to it. And if someone listens to the podcast after that uh, June uh, weekend, early in June, there will be more or similar events coming up down the line? Yes, there will be. Uh, so, yes, the Deer Rendezvous is August 3rd and 4th, uh, but we also have the Joint Partner Habitat Day, which is August 18th, which there will be more information to follow. The official agenda has not come out yet. 
But that is taking place at the Shiawassee National Wildlife Refuge, and it allows people to see multiple conservation practices and ecosystems working together, including wetlands, forest, grasslands, ag, all of those things with multiple partners, um, including MECC and the Cooperatives Program. So that's well attended. Usually over 100 people come out to that event. I actually had the privilege to attend it last year as just an attendee, and it was a wonderful event. So people should definitely stay tuned for information on that. And again, they can contact me if they're interested. Morgan Wardo, we appreciate you joining us on this edition of the uh, Michigan Out of Doors podcast. You're the new Wildlife Cooperative Coordinator, and I am confident you are going to do a wonderful job, and I'll look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate your time. That'll wrap up this edition of the Michigan Out of Doors podcast. Again, if you want to learn more about MUCC, Michigan United Conservation Clubs, check out the website, MUCC.org. That's MUCC.org. Also, uh, MichiganOutofdoors.com, the Facebook page, Facebook.com slash MUCC1937, and on Instagram at MUCC1937. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Michigan Out of Doors podcast.